So welcome to Build Better Brands. Today I'm joined by Peter G. Um, and I just want to say thank you, Peter, so much for coming along today and talking to me. Um, Peter is a business and relationship coach. And um, yeah, I've been working with Peter for some months now. And I thought because of his experience around business and, and building personal brands, it'd be great to have him on the show. So welcome, Peter. Thank you very much, Tanya, for uh, inviting me along. So obviously I've asked you on because of your experience mm-hmm. on business and brand and, and the importance of um, having putting yourself at the forefront of what you do and, and understanding your values and that sort of thing. Um, but tell us a bit about you and your history and how you got started. Oh, interesting question. Um, so, yeah, my brand is I Am Peter G, and that's developed over time. Uh, for me, I used to work in the corporate world in, in IT. I was a bit of a geek. Um, stepped out into the business world, which was quite interesting because uh, my image and my brand was very uh, immature when I first started. Uh, and over the years, I've generally learned a lot of things and then started working with lots of people to get me to the position where I am now, where um, I coach people around um, getting a better business and more importantly, finding the right relationships because a lot of business owners, um, it's very lonely being a business owner and they don't like asking for help. But if we get the right people around us, it becomes so much easier. So uh, that's what I specialise in doing. That's really interesting when you talked about building relationships. It's something that I myself hadn't really, I didn't really understand the importance of that in being a business owner. Um, and ultimately, in order to build relationships, we we have to know who we are, don't we, as people, to be able to build those connections with people. So how do you... How do you start with that in terms of knowing knowing yourself and knowing the sorts of people that you want to build relationships with? Um, it took me a while to get to realise that we, we need to actually understand. I mean, I always have difficulty building relationships, the IT and the geeky side of me. And it took me a while to understand that I had to understand who I was so I could communicate with myself better. But um, if you look back at the um, at the Greeks and the the uh, Delphi Temple, they've got the maxims on there. It says, "Know thyself," and it is true. We we need to understand who we are, so then we can understand how we interact with other people. Um, and if we don't understand who we are, when it comes to branding, people buy from us. We are the brand. And if we can't understand who we are and then reflect that in the brand that we've got and that, what we've got coming across, then it's going to be false. We're not going to get the true meaning. So um, there's so many people I do speak to who I say, well, w- why do you do this? What's your value? And they don't know. Um, and it, you can see it in their branding. You can see it in the messaging. You can see it in the way that they market themselves. There's confusion there. And you, you can't get can't get a handle on who they are and what, what they represent so for me it's a really powerful place to start with with, with everything that anybody does uh, and the earlier you can do that within a business the quicker you are going to get success 
that's really interesting because more often than not, people come to me and they'll say to me, Danielle, can you design me a logo? <laughs> and I'll say, yes, of course I can. But why do you need a logo? And I ask lots of questions to kind of get to the root of, of where their problem is. Um, and a lot of the time when we really get down to things, people don't, they don't have clarity on their brand and who they are and and what they stand for and when I ask them about values and the reason that they exist and why should anyone else care about all of that stuff often people haven't thought about it they've thought immediately about the visuals and not about the bit that goes before that um the how many many times have you asked people why why are you doing this and they've said to you uh, I'm I'm doing it to help people. A lot of people. I'm doing it for my family. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, but the you know I, I I want to be better than the rest of the people. You know they 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 are they are uh, people's wise and just not thought out. When you dig deeper, there's a lot lot deeper than than that. But people don't understand why they're doing it, and it makes it quite awkward for them to actually understand what they're trying to get out of life. If they don't know why and what's important to them and what values are important to them, then how do they know what their vision is for the future, what their life is that they want, why they're working so hard within their business to get something which might not ever align with their, with their why, their driver. So they'll constantly be craving for something they don't quite define. So yeah, it's, it's it's a very important one, um, and you know Simon Sinek with his is is wise is a very good starting point. I have to admit, I take I take my clients a lot further and a lot deeper than that, um, because sometimes our drivers happen to us in our early years, and they they define us. So, for example, for myself. I, I remember when I was a child, I was stuck in a classroom and I was trying to solve a maths problem and I couldn't solve it. And I'd asked the teacher a number of times to help and she, she didn't help. Um, and the children around me wouldn't help. But I always remember when I used to go see my, my auntie Frances and my granddad and they'd have a community of people around them and they'd always help each other. You know, nobody was uh, left alone. We always asked for help. I always felt really happy and belong there. Now, for me, that drives everything I do. I don't think anybody should be in the position I was in when I was an eight-year-old child. I don't think anybody should be unable to ask for help and get help. And for me, that's the reason half the stuff I do. I'm a community builder. I build communities of people around. That is my driver. Now, that might find, some people might listen to that and go, what's that? That that's really is quite, but it is the core of everything I do. Anything in my business always comes down to that. People, if they can understand that and then share it with people, we will naturally attract the right people that we want around us who are going to help make our business what it is. And be a delight to work with at the end of the day. Because <laughs> life's... Life, Seriously, life's too short to, to have drama in it. And, 
you know, I've had drama in my life. I don't want any more drama in my life. No. So we need to find you. the right people. Yeah. Uh, the people who align with with our why, understand what we do, and align with our values. So, uh, and you mentioned mentioned values, which is quite an interesting interesting one. Yeah, it's something that I I talk I talk a lot about values because now that I am building my own brand, I'm I'm a business owner. I I had to have a look at my values and kind of understand what they were so I knew that I was working with people that I wanted to work with. Mm. One of the reasons I decided to become self-employed is because I, as a designer, I, I want to work with people that I enjoy working with. Yeah, yeah. And and in order to to know to know that I'm working with the right people, I have to understand my values and 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 see that their their values align with mine. Otherwise, I know that it's probably not it's not going to work out. Um, what are your thoughts on understanding your values and how that works with with approaching your target market? market um for me understanding your values i mean some people come up with values oh uh, i'm honest um but what does you know i'm, I'm going to do a bit of a thought experiment here let's see what does honesty mean what does honesty mean to you daniel honesty means that when a client comes to me and asks me for a logo and I know that a logo isn't the right thing for their business, that will, I will honestly say to them, don't spend your money on a logo. Yeah. And that, that drives drives everything that you do. Yeah. So, but other people's definition of honesty may be different to yours. Mm. Remember, we're talking a word. So if you were behind somebody, say, in a shop, in a queue, and they drop their wallet or their purse, what, what would you do? I'd pick it up and tell him straight away. And I could say that hand on heart, I would. Yeah. So if you were in the shop and you um, you found um, a £10 note on the floor, mm. what would you do then? I'd pick it up and I'd look around to mm. see if I could see anyone that, that was like checking their pockets, you know, having a look in their bag that looked kind of frustrated. I'd see who was around that maybe looked like they'd just lost money. Yeah. Yeah. And if you couldn't see anybody, I'd probably keep it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we understand the level. Yeah. This, this is, you know, and, and I've, I've done this thought experiment with a number of people. I mean, the next step is if you find it in the street and there's nobody around, what do, what do you do? Oh, you pick it up and you're like, hey, I've got yeah, 10 yeah, let's, it's let's get some yeah. chips. Because what are you going to do? Take it to the police station? Yeah. I mean, you could suppose go on Facebook and see if anyone's lost 10 pound. Yeah. We'll hey, know what's anyone lost 10 pound? Yeah. Everyone, oh, I've lost 10 pound. <laughs> but it's where your values are within a context. Mm. And our values can change within different contexts um what we need to get to is actually understanding our core values that will not change so even if we could do something nobody could see and there'd be no consequences on us doing that action would we still have that value 
that's deep. Yeah. So we've got, and we've got to understand which values are at which level. Um, but if you, and you'll find you've probably got some really uh, only a couple of core values and you might, you know, I mean, even I surprised myself with my core values. You know, I was one of my core values. I used to say was family, which is an interesting one. And hopefully the family won't listen to this. But <laughs> um, for me, my driver was family. But actually, that was not a value. That was an outcome. Going mm. back to that eight-year-old child who felt isolated, the family helps me feel like uh, loved and wanted. It's an outcome. It's not a value. So when someone says my values is I've got family values, what does that mean? So you, you, can, go, you can go to many different levels with, with values. But at the end of the day, it's going to be your core values that when the cards are down, are going to affect the way you behave and you react. And by understanding those, then you can actually then communicate them within your brand and with them within, across to other people. Mm. Um, and then you, once you've also you understand your values and which levels they are when you're building relationships with people when you get that oh I've got a bit of a gut feeling here oh, oh I'm not quite sure about that you can actually see that you may have some mismatching values and that's and then you can understand uh, what context can I put up with this mismatch of values so you talked about target market there at the end of the question, which is another interesting one because your core values may or may not match up with your target, your chosen target markets values or your value base. You may have a bit of a mismatch. Now it's up to you whether that's fine with you, but I can tell you now, if you've got a mismatch in your, in your values, you're going to have drama in your business. So by understanding your value base, it can actually affect which type of target market you actually want to work with. That's going to give you the, um, the return and the, the business that you want. So a number of businesses I've worked with, they've been in trading for a couple of years and they don't feel particularly comfortable. But when we go down to it, it's because the market they're working with doesn't match up with their values. Yeah. That's it's it's really interesting. It's it's actually quite quite complex when you think about it. It's and very, well, we're talking we're talking humans. Yeah, and we're we're quite <laughs> complex people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think that's why a lot of people try and avoid it because it is quite complicated and it does require some thought and mm. it can be quite difficult to do that when you're really close to it when it's about yeah. yourself and your own and business that's usually why someone like myself a coach or a mentor or somebody like that who can give you guidance is, is really useful and um, i would say business at the beginning don't understand that and they won't invest in that that that's fine because we we know where businesses are at the start but having somebody guide you in that and, and un, uncover things um really is a powerful way but yeah as you say is what people do it, businesses, business owners that do it will stand above the other ones who don't because yeah. they can really get across their message. And as we know, we're emotional buyers. We buy emotionally. That's the reason why, as you said, when you're your brands, when you develop them, they've got to appeal to us emotionally. 
Um, and we've got to understand uh, those values and those emotions and that type of thing. So, yeah, it's, it can be quite deep. Yeah. Yeah. Often people struggle. They they avoid that part, either because they're, they're not aware of of what values are and how how making sure you know your values will have an impact on your target mm. market and being able to build relationships um but what do you think the the dangers are of people that don't pay attention to that and end up with uh, a personal brand or or business that's not authentic people but you can't be inauthentic let's get the words right trying to be somebody else is very hard work to do because your natural personality will come through um and putting on we see people putting on personas um obviously you know my branding is i am peter g but at the core of it that's me i am peter g um but you see people putting on all the influences and, and, and that type of thing and obviously um, I'm in my 50s, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm a bit out of it. <laughs> but I, I see the younger generation and they all seem to be, you know, having these um, these personalities that are not quite true. They're not the true self. Um, and maybe that's maybe for their, um, for their audience on Instagram or TikTok or, or whatever. It will come through. It does come through. People pick up it as false. If you decide... I'm going to have an inauthentic image because I want to appeal to this target market because they've got loads of money and they'll pay me. <laughs> um, it'll only go so far and you, you will be found out. Now I'm not saying be your full self. Cause if, if I was my full self all the time on a Monday, sometimes I'm grumpy. And you know, sometimes I'm grumpy. Other times I'm I'm happy. the 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 idea is to look at the things that serve you best within your um, your makeup, your personality, within your cognitive style, and then you may need to just bring them to a fore a little bit. So, um, me as Peter G, when we're talking like this, I'm quite relaxed. But if you put me up on stage and in front of people, I'm a lot more manic, um, a lot more outgoing. Got quite a booming voice, um, you know. I need to see that. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a different aspect of me. Now it's not the full me, but I I exaggerate some of it. But at the core of it, you will get me as the, as the person. Um, I think that's really interesting, actually, because there's there's all there's always slightly different versions of you. Uh, the version that I am on my own is different to the version that I am when my partner's here, which is different to the version when yeah. I'm around my family, which is different to the version when I'm around friends and different circles of friends, you know, but I'm, I'm still being me. I'm still being myself. There's just a slightly different version that's suited to the right audience you know i'm yeah. not gonna you're just into the context yeah so, um and you know we we get all these personality um measures and things like that which kind of says this is your personality but it doesn't take into account that 
you know, sometimes you can be quiet. Sometimes you can be loud. You, you might be around people. For me, if I'm around too many people, I kind of feel a bit uh, shy um, because I'm an ambivert. I can go from one uh, extreme to another. But if I'm a small group of people, I'm happy. I'm okay with that. So you can start to, when you understand um, the context and what aspects of your uh, real self come out, then you can start to manage them. So, for example, if I have to go into a large room, I know I'll be quite shy and I'll feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's the way I am. Now I can go in that room and I know I can do this, this and this to make sure I get my brand and my image across, not looking shy, not making eye contact because I feel nervous and looking shifty <laughs> and getting a room. You know, in my early days, yeah, I was very similar to that you know as a geek going networking it was quite hard mm. so you, when you start to understand that you can start to understand not being inauthentic but how to bring out your brand i would say your brand personality so the i am PTG is my brand personality but it's based on on me it's based on the true self uh, and that type of thing um you know I'm going to show my age. Um, Mr. T, nobody's yeah. going to remember. It's going to be the younger audience going, who? Mr. T was... I know um, Mr. T. Mr. T, he was a bouncer. Uh, he was a bouncer before he rebranded himself to Mr. T. Uh, and he, he was around some of the stars like Sylvester Stallone. From there, that persona got him into the films and then into the A-team. Yeah, I remember watching that with my mum. Yeah. He wouldn't get on any planes and... Yeah, yeah and eventually Nancy, yeah. <laughs> he, he had Nancy Reagan on his knee. That's, but he, he kind of rebranded himself. He still was his authentic self underneath. He just built a brand around it. And that's, mm. that's what you can do. And it can also protect um, your inner self as well because you're just putting the brand around, but you've still got an authentic self. Mm. People who are totally inauthentic, they will be found out. People will feel there's no, something not quite right here. Things won't add up. People will go, there's something wrong, and they won't want to do business with you, or they won't. It won't be sustainable business. Um, so it's it's a case of you you've got to get a good balance. But yeah, it's it's a real, and it's a real worry for me at the moment because I do see the younger generation with all the influencers thinking that they have to not have the real them, and that is, it, mentally, it's hard as well. Uh, mentally they can struggle yeah no but that's you made some really good points there and I think one of the things that is also really important is knowing once you once you know who you are and and you know that you want to communicate your authentic self you know your your um brand personality as you put it Mm. how you then go about communicating that to the world be it your clients your you know your customers your team how you go about making sure that that, that's communicated in a way that's clear yeah um well obviously it's a lot easier if you're being your genuine self because you just come across um but yeah you have to know what your brand is you have to know what your values are and you have to live by them you have to yeah yeah you have to be seen to be doing. Um, and I mean, this works in bigger organisations where you see that they say, well, these are our values. And it's usually 
high level words without any any lower thing mm. uh, any and this is our mission statement and and all that type of thing but when you see the way they behave within business and within their own business um they don't they don't follow those values yeah. um or they, they haven't even understood how to communicate them to the staff so the staff aren't following the values because they don't understand the values and they don't understand why you know if you've got a company value we're always honest we've already established honesty is is, is context you know yeah you know, we don't lie is, is another one hang on a second sorry we we, we do lie all depends some tell great big whoppers and all the time and, and get away with all sorts but we we do tell little white lies you know you can't say we don't lie no um, you know it's, so you might you might have someone ask you if you're feeling okay and you say yes and it's a yeah. lie but it's because you don't want to get into it yeah or if your wife says do i look fat <laughs> in this um yeah you know, you, you've got to be quite careful with you now i really wife. hope your wife isn't gonna listen to this peter otherwise you're gonna be in a lot of trouble <laughs> my wife looks beautiful all the time good recovery good recovery um but yeah, it's you, you've got to you've got to be able to if if, the, if your brand values are aligned with everything that you do, then the communication of it comes across um, very easily because you're genuine. Um, people see you genuine. Yeah. The difficulty is when you've got that inauthenticness. And then- that's the thing. That's something that's been happening a lot recently with. Um, 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 yeah meta the the, yeah. the the house the 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 company that now houses facebook and whatsapp and instagram facebook by instagram as well, yeah. I think they did, know, as well. Yeah. um and the fact that obviously they've been in trouble about revealing people's data you know personal information mm-hmm. Um, people are seeing this I wouldn't call it a rebrand people are calling it a rebrand but it's not because it's the company that houses all of these brands that's rebranding Facebook and Instagram themselves aren't rebranding um, but people are saying that they're trying to move attention away from all those things that they've done and people are starting yeah. to lose trust in them and a big brand Patagonia whose values are very much about protecting the environment, um, protecting people's, um, you know, freedoms and things like that. They're they're now refusing to use uh, Facebook products because of what's been happening. So they're a brand that's really standing up and saying, these are our values, this is what we believe in. It might not align with some people, but it's going to align with a lot and it's going to reinforce then what they stand for because they're actually talking the talk. Yeah, and I think that's going to get more and more important with everything that's going on. We're seeing some humongous changes um, in in society uh, with things that have gone on over the past couple of years with the the pandemic and uh, everything that's you know we're now in the uh, great resignation because people are realizing they've had time, some time to contemplate and look at their values and where they want to go in life and realizing this is not for them. Um, and some of the bigger companies, they're going to have to 
change and change their value base. Companies and you know, Facebook is is or Meta or whatever they want to call themselves is not the first company to do it. It's, this is this is standard practice. All they're doing is is um, yeah, they're just changing the look and distracting people. Yeah, um, their core values haven't changed. So I don't. For me, I don't understand why they're doing. It. I haven't paid much attention really because I don't understand why they're doing it. Um, Facebook has been Facebook um, purveyor of data mining for many many years. Um, <laughs> mm. you, you know my uh, my my love and hate of Facebook. Yeah, um, and it's it's been a, it's been a, an interesting journey seeing how social media has changed and influenced the, the whole world. Because obviously, when I was a child, we we didn't have all these pressures. Um, yeah, I was bullied at school, but I wasn't bullied over social media and the reach of that now into the house. Um, so at least from school, I could get away from it when at home. Children now don't. Facebook yeah. and those are responsible for it, but the rebrand, I don't think it's going to distract anyone now. Um, but yeah, re, re, the rebranding to um, distract from your your values that don't line up with your target market. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. been done so many times. Oh, no. I think there's so much information, there's so much awareness. It's not going to... I'm not an expert, but I, I no, don't think I, it's going to carry on working. No, I, um, I think I think you've got a point, and that's the thing. It's brands can't hide anymore, not the way they used to. And mm. um, you know, you you're when you think when we think about these big brands, you know, when I think about Facebook, um, you know, I think of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, mm. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Am I? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I think of Tesla, I think of Elon Musk. Yeah. Um, you know, there's when I think of the Mac, I think I still think of Steve Jobs. You know, there's these massive brands still have personalities attached to them that yeah. are very much divisive personalities as well. Some people mm. love them, some people hate them. It's it's it is an interesting one. Some people they they hate the personalities and they hate the companies but they love the product yeah it's it, it is an interesting an interesting conundrum mm. um and it depends how far they can go before people are saying well no i'm not going to deal with you because i don't agree with your values and, and your beliefs very uh, interesting because it it makes me think okay so as a brand if you are the face of your brand you know, the way that you are, the way that I am, you, we're representing our brands all the time. So we have to be very careful not to misrepresent it. All he has to do is make a pronouncement uh, and he either makes a couple of billion or he loses a couple of billion. Um, You know, he could, you know, he just has to say the wrong thing. Um, And yeah, it's it's the same, you know, for those big ones, it's just a, big brands it's a huge huge change but it does work for us as a smaller brand so for us if we if we do something so for instance social media since we're on the topic social media could be an interesting one if we have a 
an interesting opinion that other people don't, we could lose half our market because they don't agree with us and they, and they walk away. Now that's for small business, that's a huge impact. So, you know, I usually say to my clients, avoid talking about religion because obviously it's quite a personal thing. Politics, yeah. Ooh, no, yeah, we've had all the Brexit thing and, and, mm. and we, we're seeing what's going on in, in the government at this, this moment in time. Um, and I'm not going to quantify that because that's, that statement will carry on forever more the yeah. way government's going. Um, but also the other thing I'll say to people is don't ask if it's right to have um, pineapple as a topping on a pizza because that is incredibly divisive. <laughs> <laughs> you get a lot of arguments. Oh, um, yeah, ham and pineapple. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for um, pineapple on a pizza. I will, st- I, I will put it down there. I wouldn't choose it as a topping, but if people want to have it, I'll let them crack on. Yeah, you see, but it's so you've got to be careful when you when you're doing your representing your brand. Um, it can even come down to as much as uh, well. We're seeing the dead reputation damage people have done when they've done a, a tweet from three yeah. years ago. Hmm. That's dreadful. That can that can be you. You can. One of the things I used to, I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm a lot better now, but one of the things I was aware of is um, I could get quite riled up and get a bit of road rage sometimes. Don't now because, uh, you know, I, I understand it. All it takes is something, uh, an incident like that to occur and then be caught on camera and your, your reputation is then damaged, your brand is damaged. So you've got to remember especially as a small business, you are your brand and you've got to behave appropriately. You've got to dress appropriately. You've got to talk appropriately um, at all times. It's... What are, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you want to share. I'm just trying to think of any mistakes, any mistakes that you've made that you wouldn't want others to make that you can reveal i thought you said we only had a bit i only had the hour <laughs> i have absolutely loads um pick one pick one the biggest mistake i ever made i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of any now i've not been in business as long as you so it's a bit more uh, difficult i do remember um i was working on a really big project when i was working with someone and I was working off my desktop on a catalogue that was about 300 pages. <laughs> Something happened to my computer and we lost the, the file wow. for desktop. Um, and we had to recover the file, but it, it hadn't saved up to the point I was at. It, it, it lost, I don't know how much work. Yeah. Um, we had to send the file off for it to be looked at by some IT expert, probably much like yourself, to kind of rectify the, the data so we could get the work back. Um, yeah, that was a big mistake. And now I always um, make sure I, I'm prepared and that I back things Multiple up. Multiple backups. Yeah. Yeah. We've all, we've all been there with that one. Um, for me, I, I'm going to go right back to the beginning. Uh, of my journey um when i first started going in business and i said someone said to me you need to do this networking 
malarkey. And obviously I've worked 20 years in IT. Networking to me was the management all doing the, the shifting around. So it was a bit of a dirty word for me. So I didn't really understand it. And somebody said to me, yeah, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. You'd be okay. Now I was a geek. Um, I was doing GDPR at the time. So I was, I was highly technical, highly detailed, um, not used to building relationships with people, uh, and I went networking and I scared the eebie-jeebies out of everyone. Um, you know, I didn't have the social awareness that I have now that I've had to learn over time. I was shy, so my eyes were a bit shifty. So it looked as though I was a shifty person. I wasn't. I was just shy. Um, yeah, I know. I, I look oh. back and laugh and go, oh, that was where I started. Uh, and people who look at me now go, yeah, yeah, Pete, you, you were. I mean, people said to me, um, you know, when I first met you, I didn't really get you. I didn't understand you. I made a made a terrible first impression. Um, and we know, you know, there's only one opportunity to make a first impression. Yeah. Which is an interesting statement. I can assure you now there's many opportunities to make a second, third and fourth impression. Yeah, I've learned that. Yeah. It's, but yeah, for me, that was, for me, that was the mistake I made because people do hang on to that first impression. Uh, rightly or wrongly, it's just the way humans are. I think first and impressions it, do count, don't they? But it's yeah. not the like you say, it's not the end of the world because you'll have an opportunity to, like you say, make a second, third. You know, yeah. depends how you do it. I mean, I made. Uh, I remember I made a, a terrible first impression with somebody. Um, you know, we we totally missed. We arranged to meet somewhere and we totally missed each other. Uh, we were in the same place, but just slightly different places um and i managed to recover that because obviously I, I, had, I had some better awareness by then and we did we did a lot of work uh together um but i do challenge people around is the first impression that somebody gives you the right impression you, you make your judgment with a lot of your own baggage um your own assumptions you, you know we've all seen the uh, the person who comes in in scruffy jeans and that type of thing and treat people treat them uh, you know like yeah don't treat them with respect yeah and then they turn out to be a multimillionaire. yeah you know, it's, it's that type of thing so it's you, you do need to work on understanding how you're making your first impression and make sure you go so if you go into a room if you're a professional like me I wear usually wear a shirt sometimes I'll wear a tie but for instance, as we know, a painter and decorator, who we both know. Now, when he goes networking, he wears a, a, a nice shirt with sort of like paint stripes on and things like that, because it says it comes across and that's perfectly acceptable for what he does. Yeah. So you, you, your image has to reflect the behaviour and you've got to get it right on the first time. But when you are making a assumption around somebody around them, I said, I needed people to challenge that first assumption because, as I say, it's based on yours. Um, the best way I can explain that is whenever I went networking and I met anybody called Adrian, I used to go, ooh, something wrong with them. <laughs> Not something wrong with them. There's, there's, there's ooh, or, you know. You know and yeah, I didn't you get a really... funny vibe. Yeah, I got a vibe. I got a funny, funny vibe and I wouldn't speak to them or... Um, I wouldn't come across very well with them. 
Now, it took me a while to understand that as a child, in the junior school, in fact, um, there was a child called Adrian, and he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't. He wasn't a bully or anything like that. I, I don't know why, but it stuck in my head. And he'd irritated me when I was a child. You know, things irritate you as a child. Yeah. Um, but that was coming into my opinion of anyone called Adrian. It was, it was blocking me from building relationships with the people called Adrian. And it wouldn't be so bad. But my middle name is Adrian. <laughs> but that unconscious bias mm. was getting in the way. So, you know, when you look at someone, think actually, is the image and the impression that I'm making from them, is it based on them or is it based on my worldview? Mm. That's interesting. I think that's why we're often attracted to certain brands, mm. where they look, the way they appeal. It comes back to, you know, what we think about ourselves, what our own values are, what we like. Yeah, and, and unconscious things, things that happened happen in the past. I mean, the, the Coca-Cola brand, I mean, that's been around so long. It's, it makes people feel comfortable. They, they, they remember when they were a child, you know, I'm, I'm of an age where, uh, Coca-Cola wasn't available as much as it is now. So it was it was a rare treat. Um, McDonald's and the Golden Arches, when I was a child, there, were, there wasn't very many of them. So it was it was a treat to go to McDonald's. Um, you remember that association. Um, and that's what a lot of really the top-end brands do. They, they look at what connotations, what they want to actually anchor it to to actually get to their target market. So if you, if you understand your target market, you can start to understand the, tar- the anchoring points and then you can actually get a brand that appeals to those unconsciously to them. Mm. And, and, you know, and that's the reason why you know, unconsciously you'll pick one brand over another that's on the same market sh- supermarket shelf. Totally. Yeah. What's, uh, what's one of your favourite brands then? Um, my favourite brand? Well, it's obviously my own. Um, <laughs> apart from I am Peter G and why oh that's a really good question you've got me out on that one <laughs> a really good brand that I really like um, I do like Apple and okay. I think they do do it right um, you know I'm an IT geek so sorry Apple's stuff is highly overpriced technical <laughs> stuff but they right do the their branding in such a way that you want. And we've had this discussion. It's the unpackaging and the, and the, and the feel. So, yeah, I think Apple have apps. And obviously we see the results that one of the top uh, world's companies. Yep. They have absolutely cracked it. They, they've understood it. So for me, I would say, yeah, if you're looking hard to do a brand, look towards Apple. Yeah, I I second that. I have a love-hate relationship with Apple, mainly because um, when you need to charge your mouse, (laughs) you have to plug it in underneath. So I have a spare mouse, which isn't Apple, which is Bluetooth, which I use, but the Apple mouse is just so precise um, that I, yeah, it has to be that one. You could have two Apple mice. I could, but they're so expensive. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, and I recently saw they've come out with a, an Apple dust uh, dust cloth. Oh right, okay, that's interesting. I'm gonna, I am gonna Google that. Yeah. It's probably extortionate and unnecessary. People will buy it. Yes, of course they will because of the Apple brand. 
Yeah, um, it's the way it makes them feel. Mm. Uh, it's it comes back to what we said at the beginning. People buy emotionally. Totally. If, if you did, if you looked at what technology is involved in in the actual devices, uh, and did it logically, then you go, hang on a second, I'm paying a lot of money for for something, but actually you're buying in emotionally to the whole thing, and that's where they've cracked it. Um, any brand that it works on your emotions of character because as human beings we buy emotionally then we we then logical kick in and justify it so yeah i've got brand i, I love the solomon uh, walking boots oh okay so yeah. uh, i had a pair they wore out um and i needed some more but they're not cheap no not cheap and, you know, at the time, cash flow was a bit tight. So I was like, oh, yeah, I can't really afford it. That's my logic brain there. Can't really afford it. But, oh, I so want them. Oh, they're so nice. <laughs> so nice. I so want them. But hang on a second. Logic brain kicks in again. This is going to keep me fit. This is going to keep me walking. This is going to do this, that, and the other. Here's my money. Yeah. I'll buy them. Have it. And that's, you know, I call that the, the, the logic emotion sandwich. We, we we might put logic around it, but it's usually to justify the decision we've already made emotionally. And when a brand ties into the emotion that you know you're going to sell. So when we talk about target market, you need to understand uh, their values, but also you need to understand their emotions. So you need to understand, um, understand whether they, are somebody who's um, wanting a certain lifestyle they want to go towards something or are they wanting to avoid something they want to avoid pain so you can change your messaging around that type of thing and that's what the best brands do um you know, yeah nike for example uh, uh yeah just, one of my favorite brands as well just do it. yeah yeah when, when you think about it it's genius it is genius now, they, they 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 want to go to people who are proactive a bit like yourself danielle you're proactive. You'll get up. You go for a run. You 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 do things. Um, you're your target market, so it's like just do it. You you will just do it. Now, for me, I'm more of a I would say a reflective thinker, and I would go, yeah, I might do it. <laughs> now, the genius here is, if I buy a pair of Nike running shoes, I might go running once or twice, and then go, yeah, I'm putting to one side. And five years later, I've still got those night running shoes. Mm. They haven't made another sale. They market to you, Danielle. You go running regularly. You wear the shoes out. What do you do when you wear the shoes? You buy another pair of shoes. Yeah. So understanding the language uh, around your uh, target market, what motivates them emotionally, then you can actually get to it. So they don't market to me because I'm not going to be a repeat buyer. I might buy them off one, you know, I might buy some. I feel like buying some now. Um, but yeah, to me, that is genius. Absolute genius. Yeah. And being brave enough to go niche. Absolutely. Not, not yeah. Yeah. You make some amazing points, Peter. Um, I knew you would. That's why I right. invited you on the on the show. So just one more question before we wrap up. Um, who would you love? Me to interview next, if you could pick anyone. Well, anyone in the world? Yeah. 
You asked these questions out of the blue. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, uh, it's fine. It's okay. Who would I like to interview? Famous or not quite famous or someone in the industry that you think is quite interesting? I would like you to interview Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Okay. Tesla guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you so much for joining me today. Before we go, um, let our listeners know where they can find you and follow you. Uh, I'm usually over just on LinkedIn. I, yeah. We've talked about social media. Yeah. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Just find me on LinkedIn for um, I am Peter G. I am Peter G. Knowledge through training. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great speaking to you. Um, full of knowledge, and um, thanks for sharing your stories as well. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much.